Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, the 30th of September. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 87, the second paragraph, beginning with, if circumstances warrant, and ending with, make use of what they offer, reading just the one paragraph. Today's readers are Vanita L., Katie G., and Lauren N., Mara G. is reading the 12 steps, and Barb W. is reading the 12 traditions. Jason K. is the newcomer greeter, and Matt J.F. is the host for the second hour. The reference numbers for Wednesday, the 29th of September, yesterday, 7 a.m., 17830, that's 17,830, and the 10 a.m. is 17,835. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery for, through the 12 steps of, those, of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Margie to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Nancy. Margie, recovered um, but not cured, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service this month, and I pass. Thank you, Margie. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Barb W., gratefully recovered overeater in Illinois. 12 traditions. One, Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 
Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, <coughs> lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for having me, sir. Have a good day. Thank you, Barb W. Uh, Excuse me, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderate our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. Today we resume studying of the big book on page 87, the second paragraph beginning with if circumstances warrant and ending with make use of what they offer, reading just that one paragraph. I will now ask Vanita L. to begin reading. Vanita? Are you there? Okay, Katie? Katie G? May I be heard? Yes, you can be heard. Hi, this is Katie G. Hi, could everyone please mute? This is Katie G. Nancy, could you just remind me of the page once more? 87, the second paragraph, beginning with if circumstances warrant, ending with make use of what they offer. Okay, I got muted again. Good morning, everyone. Katie G recovered in Boston. If circumstances warrant, Excuse me. We ask our wives or friends to join us. That's not my toilet flushing. We ask our wives or... Okay. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. 
If we belong to a religious denomination, which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. Recovered in Boston. And <clears throat> this line, be quick to see where religious people are right, make use of what they offer, has really changed my life. In fact, I often change it to be quick to see where OA is right, make use of what they offer. Be quick to see where others are right, make use of what they offer. Um, because the set-aside prayer tells me <clears throat> now I... Um, I set aside everything I think I know. I'm in a place of neutrality, safe and protected. I have ceased fighting anything or anyone. So it's not scary to me anymore <clears throat> to welcome in religions of all kinds. I mean, I was raised in one religion. I'm raising my children in another. And I do not care. I, I just want God. Like, show me God. Give me God. Okay, God. Like, let's do it. Um, so I will tell you, I am blessed to have friends that I, I don't, uh, meditate with them, but I do pray with them. So I, I have several people that we will pray together. We will pray with each other, for each other, um, for our community. It is such a gift and I've learned how to pray. I've learned how to be a woman of honor, dignity, and grace. I've learned how to talk to God <clears throat> by, by, by praying with other people. It's been absolutely life changing. Um, <clears throat> and I do continue to explore outside, uh, issues with regard to religion and I have books in all sorts of religious varieties that um, that I ascribe to. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I know I said this before, but like, I don't really care who I'm praying to. Like, I just, <clears throat> I have heard that prayer is for me, right? Like, God doesn't need me to pray. God doesn't need me to list off my heart. God made my heart. God's, God knows my heart. So I just really want to encourage you, um, if you've not taken part in this and you're on this step, so that would be the caveat, right? Like when I was in the food, when I was in my exercise bulimia, <clears throat> I did have a few set prayers um, and I did act as if, but this is, you That's know, good. once I'm, oh, okay, hang on one second. Just once I'm recovered, you know, I continue to make use of other religious books, other helpful um other helpful modalities, and I'm so grateful for all of you who continue to teach me and also the ways that I can learn from others. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. Okay, so um, now we will take names for reading. Who would like to share on what was read? Again, Susan A. Chuck okay, I have three. <clears throat> Melissa C., Chuck K., and Susan A. Who else? And Janice, Janice P.M. Janice. Sarah, Sarah R. from New York. Sarah R. Leah, Leah T. Leah. Connecticut. Okay, Lisa Leah B. T. Lisa B.T. Carolyn S.H. Carolyn. 
Okay, that's a good lineup. We'll stop there for now. I have Melissa C., Chuck K., Susan A., Janice P.M., Sarah R., Leah T., Lisa B.T., and Carolyn S.H. Okay, Melissa, hit it. Hey, Nancy. Um, you're definitely going to have to time me, and I hope I get a good enough uh, signal in. So I love, um, first of all, thanks for your service. Thanks to everybody for doing service. And, um, yeah, Katie basically said, like, a lot of what I wanted to say, but um, this idea about being quick to see where religious people are right and making use of what they offer um, – I, you know what, circumstances do not warrant that my family sits down and prays and meditates with me. In fact, in my house, um, they laugh. <laughs> they actually poke fun at my prayer and meditation. And that is so okay with me because I know, I believe, and I know that they reap the benefits of my prayer and meditation practice. I know it because when life has been difficult and hard, um, this family has, has relied on the fact that I have, like, an overabundance of faith and belief. But this idea of being quick to see where religious people are right, you know, that's the way I'm meant to view all people now. And that, for someone like me, who always had this, you know, smart-ass, eagle eye to find where everybody isn't right, like, I could do that. It was like neon signs for me with big arrows pointing at people's flaws. And now I actually have to see where they're right, you know, where they're good, where they're kind, their positive attributes. And I learned this in inventory to see things from an entirely different angle. And so, of course, I'm to have that same way with religious people. And, you know, what is it that they have to offer for someone like me? Like, why should I be looking at religious people? You know, what am I supposed to make use of? Well, the fact that they have a daily practice, um, you know, the art of prayer. Like, to me, that has become an art. It's seeking God with intensity and in a very intentional way. Um, you know, religious people, what do they have? They have faith. They have a sense of community. They have adherence to, to codes and morals and rules, and they have supportive traditions. And these are all things that I can cling to and not poke fun at. And when I do that, you know, I live in freedom. Thanks for that old pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Okay, Chuck K., you're up. Good morning. This is Chuck K. from Georgia, and I'm glad to be here to share today. And one of the things I've got to remember is program works for me best when I work program consistently every day. And that's a part of the directions that we receive from this book. And when we look at this part of step 11, there's several bits of instruction here. First, the things I have to realize is this is a growth process. I am to broaden my horizons. I am to perfect and enlarge. And so as I do this, I can, I can use this part of the big book as a almost like a reference guide of what I should do. And a couple of other things have come up when it talks about praying with your with your wife. I have experienced some of the greatest moments of intimacy with my wife when I've asked her to pray with me. We're both religious people. Uh, she's the daughter of a Southern Baptist preacher. So we know religion. We also know the persecution of religion and we know you know, how that sets people apart, and we've experienced that. I've experienced that. And what this part of the big book reminds me is 
even if I feel like I'm wrong, I still have to look at everyone as an equal. I can't look down on them. I can't look up at them. I have to treat them exactly the same, which is the way I want to be treated. So these are the lessons that I learned. If I'm doing this once a week or once a month or whenever I feel like it, I'm not going to learn that lesson as well as when I do this every day when I get up, even if it's hard. And let me tell you, it's hard for me to do this sometimes, even today, five years down. I had a very difficult time praying and meditating, and it took a, a podcast, it took talking to people, it took a lot of instruction, but then it also just took a little bit of discipline, and that's where my footwork became uh, important. I just had to do it. I had to get off of my tablet, I had to get out of the news or whatever other nonsense that I was enjoying in the morning. And I had to open my books. I had to open this book and just do what it said over and over and over and over again. Then I began to learn. Then my spiritual life began to grow. And now some of the most intimate time I have in my life is when I'm praying to the God of my understanding. And I think that's really what it's all about. So I'm glad it never ends. I'm glad it's a consistent program that I'm working and I am glad that I have an instruction book to help me along the way. Thanks for letting me share. Everybody have a good day. Thank you, Chuck K. Susan A., you're, you're up. Hi, everybody. My name is Susan A. from Pennsylvania, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, this paragraph is one that I have no underlinings on, which is highly unusual. The rest of the book is highlighted and and all that so but it is speaking to me to share on it today and I love the fact that in this paragraph the big book acknowledges and validates people's various faiths although organized religion is not required as a part of our recovery and I do morning meditation with myself and my higher power I would love to do it with my husband, but he's a late sleeper, and I'm a morning person, so that doesn't work. In my religion, there is Bible study, and I've availed myself of many of those over the years, and right now one is being offered, and I would love to join it, but um, I've been praying about it, and I believe God is calling me to focus on my two recovery programs, OA and, and one of the non programs. But um, I have relied on memorized uh, Bible verses as part of my spiritual condition, keeping fit. What I'm doing now is I'm, I'm recently uh, starting to memorize big book prayers and passages and it's so much similar that you know throughout the day when I get restless irritable and discontented I will just be able to call to mind those verse those sorry those passages Um, the fellowship that I get through vision and face-to-face meetings as well as a bible study are what gets me out of myself and keeps me God-centered. And 
um, these practices have, have helped me to keep in fit spiritual condition. And I'm very, very grateful again for our recovery as being allowing religion, of course, because that's each person's decision or non-religion. And it makes that combination makes it a richer experience. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Susan Hello. A. Janice. Thank you. Thank you, Susan A. Um, Janice PM. You're up, followed yes. by Sarah R. Hey, thank you, Nancy P. And thank you for your patience. Um, yes, my name is Janice P. And I'm uh, a compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. You know, this uh, paragraph, if you could time me, if it's not too much work, I mean, um, this paragraph, I, you know, I've been around a lot, many decades and I used to go, gee, wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be unbelievable if my husband and my son, you know, would all pray at the table, blah, blah, blah. Well, my husband is no longer with me, you know, as being deceased. And, um, you know, the circumstances today between me, my, my son and I, we do this. The situation, the circumstance warrants this, that he prays and I pray every morning from the books, you know, from the step books, um, every morning, every morning. And, you know, we're both undisciplined people. He, he's an addict, too, and um, he has some challenges, but he can still do it. And the circumstances, I'm just going to say some hope. That's my message, that I didn't tell God, I didn't ask God, it happened. He sees, you know, monkey sees, monkey does. Um, and this is what happened. And, you know, we haven't read yet because I'm on the meeting, but as soon as we get off, um, and we do belong to a religious de- denomination, and um, we do have certain prayers. However, it doesn't matter. This this paragraph is teaching us that it doesn't matter what you are, Catholic, Protestant, Jewish. We all, it's all the same purpose, to be disciplined and practice these principles. What are the principles? Every single denomination of a religious group has the same principles. They teach us to be honest, to have hope, to have faith to have courage, to have integrity, to have willingness and humility and brotherly love and spiritual awareness and service. So we cooperate. That's attractive. So why we don't have any conflict uh, with, with any other religion because it's universal, these principles, and that's what they teach. And so we can open our minds now because my mind was closed many years about certain religious, because that's what, you know, maybe the family taught, oh, this God is the right religion and all that. But as we get spiritually indebted uh, by the grace of my God, we don't, I mean, you don't even have to say God. It, it really is something else. It just comes. And on page 28, there's a multitude of ways that, uh, in which, um, we have discovered a higher power. Well, thank you so much. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Janice PM. Okay, Sarah R., followed by Leah T. Good morning. Can everyone hear me? Yep. You're good. 
Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Sarah R. in Brooklyn, New York. I hope everyone's doing well. Um, you know, as I get more and more up in my disease, I've been identifying, not even less and less, I've been completely identifying out of most of the things people are saying in these programs. And, you know, the things I've been identifying in is, you know, the wrong things that people are telling me. But, you know, that this is the concept of, of my disease. And, um, you know, I haven't been on a lot of meetings because as it went more and more into the steps, I was like, I, I'm on step zero or step a half, right? And hearing about step four, step six in my head, the story and that my disease screams is like, hey, you know, like, don't listen yet. You don't identify in. But it's more complex than that. In life in general, I have always, always identified out. It's nothing to do with religion, with, with everything. And, um, you know, I, I was like, you know what, let me jump on this meeting. And um, I heard step 11 and I said, oh, great. You know, I was going to hang up. But, you know, hearing identifying in and, um, you know, I don't have a sponsor. I am starving myself and the rest of the, like the other weeks, like stuffing my face. And it's been really hard for me. But what I could identify in is hearing, you know, other people tell my story in different ways, different religions, different everything. And another way I could identify in is that, you know, I don't know how long this is going to take, but it's not it's not time for me to leave yet. And, um, you know, I also I set very strict rules for myself. When I came into program, I got a food plan and it clearly wasn't working. And, you know, the way I could identify in is just, you know, try to find a food plan that does work because the OA food plan design of the book doesn't say it has to be the first food plan that Sarah got, you know. And, um, you know, I guess I guess I am happy I am here today. I'm happy I haven't left because, you know, the other side, I am hearing so many people that are like shining and, you know, as 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 Ebby was telling Phil when he went to visit him, like glowing in all of those things, like with the sunlight of the spirit and <laughs> my shades are down, you know, very strongly and very tightly. But, you know, I'm just I, I'm happy I'm here today, I guess. Also, you know, it's been really, really hard for me to find a sponsor. In the past, I just tried to grab the first person I can. But, you know, I have also so many stories in my head about, you know, I really want this to work this time. And, you know, I'm just I'm just going to try to keep identifying in. And, you know, hopefully, as people were saying over here, it's just like about the praying and the meditating. And I also identifying in with everything else in my life, too, instead of identifying out. So thanks for that, Ipas. Thank you, Sarah R. Leah T., you're up. Hi, Leah T. Leah, we can hardly hear you. Uh-oh, let me try again. Is that better? Does that sound, um, am I coming in louder? Uh, right now, it's still pretty soft, but okay. it's better than that, it was. Is Lynn, we can't hear you. You have to speak up or move someplace.
Leia? Leia, if you can hear this, why don't you dial back in and I'll put you back on after. We'll go to Lisa BT. Lisa, go right ahead. Oh, hi, good morning. Um, this is Lisa BT. Um, you know, it, that phrase, is it odd or is it God? I mean, really, every time, every time I'm sort of in that place, it is such a remarkable feeling. So I just want to say that this reading this morning for me um, is so timely. So I, I have found myself rushing a lot. Um, last night I was rushing. This morning I was rushing. There's reasons for it, but, you know, that's the story part. And um, my husband and I um, have uh, um, restarted a habit of, um, he reads a, um, a page or two from this book we both like. It's a spiritual book. And it, it, it actually is really meaningful to me that we do that together. It had kind of fallen away. Um, he himself had sort of lost interest in it, and so he started doing it again. And as I was rushing this morning, I came into the kitchen, and there he was, um, seated, and he had the book, and, and waiting for, you know, for me. And I thought, my first thought was, oh, I'm not going to have time for that. But it was literally a millisecond that I thought, you know what? This is the most important thing right now. Um, this is something precious and important. And I sat down, I just stopped and I said, okay, you know, I'm ready. And, you know, it was only a few minutes, but I am so incredibly grateful that that's what happened this morning because um, that's a change in me. And um, I value, you know, I value prayer and meditation deeply, but I'll often put it second if something else feels very imperative, um, you know, the to-do list, the rushing kind of piece. And then as I was listening to everybody share this morning, I had this uh, new realization as well, which is when I'm in the food, what I find happens to me is if I, you know, I wake up in the morning and basically say, I'm going to be really, really, really good today. This is when I'm not in program. I'm going to be really good, you know, sort of uh, one apple, that type of thing. And if, you know, by 10 o'clock in the morning, I've had something else. What I'll say to me is, oh, well, um, this day is, you know, not going to be a good day. So I'm just going to, um, you know, binge and have whatever I want for the rest of today, and I'll start tomorrow. So the I'll start tomorrow I have done for 40-plus years. Um, and what I'm realizing with this morning of let me just pause and do this do this important thing with the, with the um, reading with my husband was, um, okay, it's not perfect, and I, you know, and not getting everything quite right, but I'm putting the spiritual piece first, and then I'll just pick up and carry on. And, you know, here I am on, on this meeting now. I'm on my way to work. I have my lunch. Yes, it didn't work like I thought it would, but the most important thing did happen. Um, and I feel like that was a gift I was given this morning. Um, and I'm very grateful. So with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B.T. Leah T., are you back on the line? Okay, Carolyn S.H., you're up. We'll come back to Leah. Hi, Carolyn, this is Carolyn. Okay. 
Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Hi. Go Good ahead. Good morning. Yep. <laughs> Carolyn FH, um, I'm starting my timer. Um, gratefully recovered in Massachusetts. Um, and thanks so much for your service this morning um, and for everyone who's doing service. I wanted to share in this paragraph um, just kind of a book bookend, if you will. Um, years ago, I don't know how many years ago, um, I was single and just started um, listening to this line and I was recovered. I actually got to read this paragraph and share on it. Um, and I remember talking about like um, how I would love to be married and have a husband that I meditated with and everything. And um, I'm now married a year and we, um, for the first, I don't know how many months we, um, we did meditate together and he's not in recovery or um, any of that, but he, he willingly like would sit with me and meditate. Um, and now he's, he's basically had enough. <laughs> he's like, you know, you go upstairs and you meditate. And um, it's, I'm just realizing like this, like how much, at, at the beginning, I, I basically asked him, and then it turned into this, I would pressure him. And it doesn't say, you know, we pressure our spouses. It says, if circumstances warrant, we ask, you know, if circumstances warrant. And a circumstance of your husband saying he doesn't want to meditate, you know, doesn't warrant it, right? And, um, and like the, the previous paragraph basically says, you know, it's all about freedom from self-will. Um, and I really like what I heard earlier about, you know, it, it doesn't matter who's meditating with me or not. Everyone, everyone I come in contact with, especially my husband, is getting the benefits of my spiritual life, um, enlarging my spiritual life. Um, and the other day, like this came into, um, I have like 50 seconds left. This came into awareness for me. I, I was like looking something up in my big book. I opened it up and this, I just happened to open to page 83 and the sentence jumped out at me and it said, um, uh, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles. We think we ought not to urge them. It's like, okay, it couldn't be much clearer that God is just saying, leave them alone. Girls, just leave them alone. Um, and I mean, I have more than enough work to do. And I, I when I'm looking at somebody else, and trying to figure out what they need to do, I am so off the beam, so off the beam. And um, that's all I wanted to share today. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn. SH, I'll give Leah T. one more chance. Leah, do you, are you back dialed in? Okay, um, maybe she'll dial in again. Who else would like to share? Let's take another lineup. Rachel K. Brenda. Rachel, Freya, Freya. anybody else? Maureen L. Hello? Maureen L. Oh, Maureen L. Okay, we can take two or three more.
Loretta H. Loretta. Rosie M. Rosie. Okay, we'll stop there. Okay, Brenda, go right ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is, I think this is probably like my first time sharing, but that this um, particular passage really hit me. Um, one of the things that happened to me is when I first came to the program, um, a lot of a lot of people were saying, "Oh no, no, don't talk about anything uh, religious. Don't talk about anything." Um, you know, uh, this is this is not a religious program, and and I understood that. And so I was afraid to, um, like, when when I would read, I was afraid to tell people that I saw a correlation between, uh, well, a lot of the the, the uh, quotes in the in our meditations in the in the big book and everything are right and you know indirectly from the Bible, and um, but now you know I, I fortunately I had a sponsor. And she, like, you know, that was how she did it. I, I would hear her say things. Now, she never said, oh, yes, uh, first this, first this, or first that uh, says this. She would just say, a famous writer. Or she would say, um, a very spiritual person. And she would quote, and it would be directly, you know, from um, another, you know, one of the other sources, uh, one being the Bible. And, um that helped me because I didn't want to put down one in order. I wanted my sobriety. I wanted my abstinence, but I didn't want to put down one to pick up the other. And I, and, and with her, I, I didn't have to. And, and, and this is what this passage is saying, you know, don't be so quick to dismiss everything that, that, the, um, that religious people say. A lot of them haven't had a spiritual experience. And so some of their, um, some of, some of what they say will be, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, I can't think of the, the name of the word I'm looking for, but legalistic, that's the word. But um, others of it, I mean, when you hear the truth, um, you know, one of the one, a famous writers that I know said, when you, you'll know the truth because it's the truth that will set you free. Uh, thank you for allowing me to share that. Yes. Thank you, Brenda. Rachel Kay, you're up, followed by Freya. Hi, this is Rachel Kay, compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater from California. Um, yeah, so um, I happen to live in a part of the country, I want to say this without involving outside issues, in a part of the country where it is decidedly not cool to see where religious people are right. <laughs> in fact, um, it is more cool, it is very cool to see where religious people are wrong. Um, to come out, quote unquote, as being religious or having a strong belief in God um, and, you know, even more than that, a traditional belief in God is decidedly uncool. Um, and so for me, it was, uh, it was kind of a revelation, no pun intended, to not only be able to choose my own conception of God, but to realize that my own conception of God happened to be 
a pretty um, traditional kind of one. I mean, I just, I refer to God as God, which isn't cool in the rooms in this area. Um, I even use the pronoun he, not because I believe God is a man with a gender but because it's just easier for me. And maybe it has to do with the fact, yes, I did have a very good relationship with my dad. And so thinking of God as the father um, of light and love is very comfortable for me. I accept that it's not for everybody. But, you know, part of my spiritual awakening, part of my step two was getting comfortable that it's okay to be uncool, you know, it's okay to be on one of those people that, yeah, you know, God is my best friend. Um, I never thought that I would be, you know, how, how weird, you know, God is your best friend. That's not cool. Well, yeah, you know, God is, he is. Um, and that my conception of my higher power is, you know, it's my own. It can be whatever I want it to be. It, it doesn't have to be cool or protect, particularly, you know, um, uh, non-traditional, quote unquote. Um, you know, it's kind of weird that that countercultural, you know, ideas kind of become the norm at some point. And so, um, yeah, so I get to, I get to choose. And if it so happens that my, my higher power, my God does fall in line with a lot of, of, uh, historically, uh, you know, religious ideas. And I get a lot from, from religious texts and things like that. That's okay. That's, that's what's comfortable for me. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. And I pass. Thank you, Rachel. Freya, and tell me your last initial. I'm sure I know it, but I'm more fascinated with your first name. Good morning. It's Freya H. And I'm in Colorado. Thank Thank you. you. Go ahead, Freya. Thanks. Um, Recovered compulsive eater bulimic. Uh, I finding I have a lot to say about this paragraph, so I'll try to keep it really simple. Um, The number one, you know, the first thing is, I'm not supposed to keep this to myself. This isn't some big secret. When I first came into OA, it was a total, total secret. You know, I was, I thought it was the secret society and it was, you know, not something I was allowed to talk about. And I didn't want to talk about it because I was so terrified. You know, who wants, who wants to go to Overeaters Anonymous? That's, you know, that's decidedly not cool. Um, And so this is telling me that actually this isn't something to be ashamed of or afraid to share. And, um, it doesn't have to be some big secret. And um, so don't, you know, don't keep it to myself. Don't keep this spiritual, you know, I don't have to just go in my room or, you know, go in a locked closet to do my prayer and meditation and not let anyone know what I'm doing or reading or who I'm talking to, which is sometimes, you know, how it can feel. So this is telling me it doesn't have to be that way. Um, but the the more powerful part of this that I really do see as, um as part of step 11 is making use of all of the spiritual resources out there that are offered to me. I mean that, and that can be, um, they come in so many forms and I don't want to mention outside issues, but just, I used to think, and I think probably it was appropriate that I just felt, you know, I had this religion that I was raised with, but I just felt like, you know what, this, this program, this spiritual program needs to be my religion today. You know, while I'm getting through the steps, while I am, while I'm recovering. And that was, 
that was what I needed to do. I had to set aside my other practices and, and make my program number one. And then when I got to this step and it told me to make use of all these things that are offered to me, that's when I, that's when I was able to start incorporating my other practices back in and then, and not stop there. I got to, to stay open to the other spiritual resources that are out there and start incorporating those. So, um, so it's amazing. I mean, I feel like this is where the 11th step really, really opens up because the sky's the limit. There is no limit. Many, many places in this book, it says, you know, we have no monopoly on God. It talks about, you know, we know only a little, and there is so much out there. This book is just a set of universal spiritual principles that happen to be packaged in a way that I can make them as someone who's in recovery from an addiction. But that doesn't mean that the stuff in this book is different or separate or apart from the rest of um, those, you know, the the ways that people access the, you know, access God and practice spiritual principles. So finding that, the, you know, the common ground is so incredible. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Freya H. Maureen L., you're up. Maureen, press star one. Yeah, so sorry for the the technical difficulties. I hope I can be heard. My name is Maureen L. from Massachusetts, and thank you so much for your service and for all of those on the line. I really appreciated all the shares today. And I would just say I did not want an eating disorder. This is not what I had wanted for myself, uh, obviously, but, you know, it's what I have, and it's as evident on me as and a bigger part of me is the freckles on my face. And I have come to see this over time, though, is not the curse that I was given or this handicap, but as a way that I have been able to enlarge my spiritual life and that I am entirely dependent on my higher power, entirely dependent on my higher power because of this disorder that I have, because I can't manage it myself because I tried for 47 years unsuccessfully. And... Um, but my higher power can. And the program has become very practical in my life in other ways outside of the food. I am the parent of four children, three of whom are teenage boys. So we have a fair amount of, of drama in our lives uh, parenting these children. And yet I find myself frequently, and I think this is something my kids will probably laugh about when they're older, but when things get hot or temperamental in the house, I'll say, okay, we need to pray. And then I will just say, I'll be in the kitchen or the family, I'll be like, dear God, please bless our children. Please let them see uh, each other for the gifts that there are. Please let them sit in gratitude for all the blessings we have, blah, blah, Like it's kind of a lecture through the prayer, but it, it stops the momentum of whatever negative energy has been in the house and refocuses it on something higher. And similarly, um, before bed, my children see that before bed, I'll sit, I'll get on my knees and I'll ask God or thank him for an alternate day, or if I don't have one, then I will ask him for the grace to be relieved of this obsession one day at a time. And um, and they see that. So I don't know what their spiritual life is. That be, that's between them and God. But I do know that this curse that I feel that I had was this eating disorder has been an avenue for me to explore 
these issues of faith and reliance on God, which I think in the end will have had a very beneficial effect on my children because hopefully they too can get connected in their own struggles with their higher power because we all need help in some areas of our life. And so grateful that this has at least given me an avenue for that because otherwise my life has been pretty easy to date. And with this thing, man, I've got nothing on my own. But um, with God, it's, it seems manageable. And, and finally, I just say, I've always been encouraged by the passages of the big book that said that let victory over them bring glory. And I feel that when we each day today, if we can live in abstinence, then that victory of the day honors God and, and, and benefits and blesses so many of those in our lives. So thanks so much. I hope I didn't ramble and I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Maureen L. Loretta H., you're up, followed by Rosie. Good morning, Nancy, and everybody on this line who saves my life every morning. Loretta H., compulsive overeater, recovered for today with God's grace and mercy. And it says, um, see that religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. And Dr. Silkworth, at the end of his um letter says, um, I uh, earnestly advise that every alcoholic to read this book, perhaps he may come to, he may come to scoff, he may um, stay to pray. And this book is full of prayers. In fact, uh, we were talking about that last night on the meeting about this book originated from the Oxford group. And um, the, it's, uh, from James, First uh, Corinthians, and Sermon on the Mount. So it, you know, who am I to scoff or who am I to not say that religious people aren't right? And I came into the rooms in 2001 very agnostic because of my mother praying all the time and my father continuing to drink. And I scoffed and I scoffed and I scoffed. And uh, today, with God's grace and mercy, I have learned that prayer is like food and water to me and air. I have to have it in every aspect of my life because I don't know how to do this. And without God's corrective directives, without me seeking his will, thy will be done, thy will be one, and then hopefully thy will be W-O-N. So that I can live in this day, not as a winner, but just as a human being. And like, I wouldn't give this up for all the tea in China. And like other people, I came in wishing that I had this whole system going because I'm a systems person. I didn't, but I learned how to do it. And today I practice it. And that's what brings me the joy and brings me the life that I have today. And some days they're really hard. But if I pray and my sponsor, idle, idle in the pause, I can get through any day, through any storm, because I've got a big, big power behind me that helps me get into the sunlight of the spirit. And with that, I pass. Happy day, blessed day, surrender day. Thank you. Thank you, Loretta H. Rosie M., you're up. Rosie, press star one. 
Yeah. Hi, this is Rosie, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Kentucky. I thank God for each of you. And I realized from working the steps that all I ever did was make, uh, play let's make a deal with God. I'm going to do this and then you do this. And what I found from working the steps is um, the gift of faith. And I don't know what people do if they don't have that gift of faith, except for maybe possibly practice. Um, I know like I did, I practiced my food addiction and I went to the cookie jar as my God. And it really helped me come to uh, realize that by working the steps. Today, you know, God is my BFF and um, my kids ask me to pray for them. They don't have the faith that I have. But when there's um, something wrong, they're like, hey, mom, will you pray about it? And I'm like, you guys can pray too, you know, but I will pray. And they do kid me. They, we just had a talent show this summer, a family reunion, and everybody said, well, we know what mom's going to do. She's going to pray because that's her best talent. And, you know, they kid me about it. But, you know, I have this little reminder, um, the prayer, don't give God instructions, just report for duty. And I'm really grateful that when I do spend time every morning hitting my knees before I do anything else, everything seems to go my higher power, God's way. A G.O.D., that good order of the direction that I couldn't find until I had the G.O.D., the gift of desperation to find a way out of this terrible disease that I suffer from, as well as some of my fellows that are on this line with me. Thanks so much. I thank God for each of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rosie M. Okay, we have time for one more quick one, about two, two and a half minutes. Does anybody want the slot? Judy K. Go ahead, Judy. Hi, this is Judy K. Recovered in Cary, North Carolina. Uh, this paragraph is amazing to me. <coughs> Not to, you know, don't shy away from religious people which uh, as a kid, I, I always did. Um, so what I've come to learn is that religious people are really people of faith, usually. And the people of faith are the people who I can learn a lot from. And so I decided to go on this exploration of the um, religion of my birth. Um, but the spiritual program of the 12 steps combined with the wisdom that I found in um, in religious teachings has made has made a life for me that's beyond my wildest dreams I never would have expected um, so one thing that I learned I, freedom has always been the issue for me. I've always wanted freedom. I wanted freedom from compulsive eating, and I thought that freedom was in my food. It was the one thing other people couldn't control until <laughs> I learned better. Um, and my release from Egypt, my release from, from Egypt was so that I could serve God. And what is serving God? That's really freedom because you know, let my people go so they may serve me. Yeah, serving God is actually where I found my freedom. Because it, by being there, showing up and being there for others, I'm serving God. And it took me a lifetime to learn that. Don't serve yourself, serve God. And how do you serve God? There's lots of different ways to get there. 
I am so glad that I have found my way back to God. God wants a relationship with each of us. He's waiting for us. And I found that I can have that relationship with him when I do both things. I pray, meaning I talk to God. And I have to meditate and be still so I can listen. And I can listen to the voices of wisdom, the ancient wisdom, because God told us a long time ago what he wants of us. We have to be willing to serve him. And uh, I thank God every day for this program, for, for the program, for where I come from, from who, from who I've learned, from all my teachers. Um, That's time. All my fellows. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, um, Judy. Um, Okay, so Judy will take us out. And thank you to everybody else who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, September 30th, is 17,844. That's 17844. We will now close um, with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie, uh, I'm sorry, Crystal P, please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only up until, uh, keep you until then. Crystal? Good morning. This is Crystal P, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until next.